Imagine a football platform where the world's best writers give you the real story about what's going on at United. Imagine no pop-up ads, no clickbait headlines and no ridiculous rumours to be let down by anymore. You don't have to imagine anymore. Meet The Athletic. No ads, no nonsense, just football. Visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash United We Stand to start your 30-day free trial and get 50% off your annual subscription. The Athletic, the new home of football. We're already halfway down. Right, so good morning from, um, well, it'd be about Warwick where we are now. It's about 8.22 and um, we're off on our way to Bournemouth. Bournemouth on a lunchtime on a Saturday. So obviously uh, scheduled again for the football fan. But we've got a decent turnout uh, yet again. And considering that we were Norwich on Sunday and Chelsea on Wednesday, it's all a bit of a, all a, bit of a deja vu, really, to this. Uh, and there's some quite bad uh, static nerves, I think, with the amounts we've spent on the coach. Um, Bournemouth's got some memories for me in terms of uh, my first trip to Bournemouth was uh, back in the Cup in 1984. Um, which I think we lost 2-0 but as I can't even remember what the scores were two weeks ago I'm surprised I can remember that long ago uh, any other memories from you lads for uh, Bournemouth particularly your first memories of Bournemouth um, I've said I, I did 84 but you wouldn't have been born most of you no I wasn't born um, probably uh, enjoyed Mourinho's first game yeah um, we've not been there that much have we uh, probably about the fourth, fifth time I think I've ever been there. Yeah, no, we haven't. We haven't been great deal. What about you, Neil? Uh, Rashford last minute went last year. I think it was a peak. Um, it was last season, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, the uh, Rashford's last minute goal, and, and yeah, it's an enjoyable trip. An hard ticket because it's a small allocation, but it's obviously a long time on here. So yeah, anything on a Saturday is welcome. Um, I wish to get a bigger ground, so we could get like 3,000 there. It always seems a pain in the ass ticket, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I remember, as I say, I remember going 84, and I remember going in a cup a few years after that, and I think we drew nil nil. One of the lads that drove us down there, um, Halsey, I remember, couldn't get in, and while. Um, while we were in the game, he went for a haircut in Bournemouth and then drove us back again. <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't the best of trips for, for him there. That one in 84, that was Harry Redknapp. Was yeah. Manager, yeah, the one in 84, we lost 2-0. I went on, a, I went on a, I think we had a football specials to that that day. I'm talking about some time after, I don't know. I'm sure it was 0-0. Yeah, it was, and he had a haircut. Anyway, um, so yeah, we're Bournemouth today. A bit of a, a sense of deja vu. One thing I was going to talk to you about, and um, I don't do social media very well, but I did... Um, and Luca came in to me last night and went, there's some talk about being bought by the Saudis. And this was hitting social media last night. Now, obviously, I was like, oh, OK, checked, you know, checked news, and there was nothing to do with it. So, obviously, it's, it's all one of these internet rumours that start. Usually, there's absolutely nothing in it, and, and it's a story that seems to sort of raise its, its head, its ugly head, whichever way you want to look at it, quite a lot. But I was just thinking... What, what are your thoughts, you know, as a group, as a core of every, you know, every gamers, what are your thoughts on, on a takeover? And, and if it was, is it any different, no matter who it is, or is this completely something different? I don't think there's any chance that these little current owners will sell right now. I just can't see it. But I think there has been rumours that a lot of these faceless accounts on, on Twitter are actually run by... The Saudis, these faceless accounts, you know, glazers out and all this, they're probably 
run from that side of the world. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. The problem is, obviously, every, everyone would love a takeover because everyone wants, rightly wants the Glazers out, but the club's now got that big and and the value of it is you're very much limiting who you can sell to and I don't think there's anyone that would be like, oh yeah, we'd love the Saudis to take over. You want you want someone who's got a vested interest in, in both the history and the future of United, not not their own ends. So it's it's a pretty bad situation because everyone wants a takeover, but when you look across, there's very few viable options so I, I, I agree with Woody I don't think there's any chance of selling the next few years I think they'll they'll see how this Amazon thing goes um, and see if there's one big last sort of streaming rights before they, they go I think it's the start of the end of them but just, just to explain the Amazon years. thing well the disease like they're doing it and they've got a couple of games where they're streaming each each fixture from that day um, and that's where they reckon there might be sort of the next big deal where Every game will essentially be streamed on, well, online or on whatever. So, if they join the party as well as Sky BT, you imagine the next TV deal is going to go even further up. So, they'll hang around with that. I think they'll wait until they feel it's peaked, and once it's peaked, then they'll look to sell. But unfortunately, I don't think it has. It doesn't look like it bubbles bursting anytime soon. So, yeah, I think I think we'll have them for for about another five or ten years, to be honest. The only way these lot are going to start taking notice and maybe start to think about selling is when they're losing money. The thing is, though, but if you... Before I come to you, Neil, I read, and it was um, one of the sisters, one of the Glazer sisters, seems to be a lot of them, one of the Glazer sisters had sold her shares recently, and one of the brothers had also transferred his B share holding to an A share holding, which means that once it was secured, now it's on the open market and an ability to sell. There's definitely some movement of movement of shares from one thing to another. So knowing that also before there was rumours started about the Saudis, quite strong rumours, before there was the murder of that journalist, the, the Khashoggi journalist, and obviously the Saudis got hammered for that sort of murder, mainly because, the, you know, the press protect, protecting their own, you know. Um, now then, those rumours then died down, and since then the Saudis went quiet throughout the world about a lot of their operations, knowing the British government's alarms to them anyway, and, and there's lots of other things going on. They're well backed by America as well. But they've had to do a bit of a PR job on themselves. It all went quiet. Certainly the Saudi prince has come out recently, hasn't he, back in the news again, doing some, you know, um, allegedly good things uh, about, you know, and there's a lot of PR work gone into, we're great, we're moving, you know, we're allowing women to drive now, etc., etc. Um, in terms of it isn't probably as far away from truth as they will look to expand. And we also know... so. There could be something in the future, but as you say, is it about the Glazers picking a time to sell? Uh, I think I didn't want the Glazers in from the start. I wouldn't want the Saudis in, though. I um, I hate the debt the Glazers brought. I only want United to be self-sustaining. I don't want an injection of, of billions. And my biggest problem with the Saudis, I get the whole human rights record... Um, but then that's a long road you go down with, you know, the morals of any country's owners that have you. I mean, America wouldn't exactly be at the front. I well, think at the back. Wouldn't they, well, exactly. With so, them. But my my 
my problem with the Saudis would be, if you look what they've done with City, City, they're not even an independent club anymore, they're just part of a portfolio where there's one in Melbourne and they're playing light blue, there's one in um, New York and City are just part of that, they change the name to the Etihad. The Saudis make it all about them. I mean, if you look, sports washing, I think they call it, and is it Tyson Fury? He's over there with the MMA soon. I think Amir Khan went out there. And the whole story is about promoting Saudi rather than, in that case, boxing. In United's case, they'd be using it to promote the country. And I'd rather stay independent of all that. The, the only good thing about the Glazers is they're that disinterested and thick that they're in another country and they don't actually affect anything by the debt, you know, the day-to-day running, they're not interested enough to affect it. But Old Trafford would be changed to the Etihad or whatever it will be within the first year. All right, you could, you, all right, playing devil, play devil's advocate, just for a bit of uh, parity. You've got, I understand what you're saying about City. Yeah, City, City are part of a portfolio for that, for that country. If we look at the Saudi involvement and say in racing, and if we, we look at the Godolphin stable, which has been a fantastic, um, some people would know better than me, but what I would appear to me to have been fantastic in terms of British horse racing. The Godolphin outfit hasn't tried to take over lots and lots of things. What it's done is it's run its own stables, it's run its own horses, it's had its own trainers. But the amount of money that they've invested in excellence to get their horses and the, you know, then the silks winning every week, in terms of if they came to, if somebody came to Manchester United with that type of professionalism, and you put pits on the point there that yeah, the the Glazers allow the day-to-day running elsewhere. They've allowed the day-to-day running elsewhere to such an extent that it's a shambles in terms of our, in terms of the the social media content that's gone out from the players. It's alienated some of the fans. We said I think last year. We stopped liking our players. We all we loved the club, but we stopped liking it. We stopped liking because of the things that was allowed to be done, because of the, the things that were seen to be so out of control that they actually allowed this hugely successful professional company, if you like, that Manchester United was and running into being a shambolic, poorly, very poorly run company. In terms of having a professional outfit come in, who might say, look, we have got so much money, let's redevelop Old Trafford. Let's actually, because there's a lot of, uh, the Glazers can't stay as the others, they can't stay as it is now. You know, this Love United hate Glazer, we never wanted this debt, we never wanted United to fall into anyone else's ownership. It happened. We've now got perhaps a stage whereby Old Trafford is going to be, is tired and it's going to be very tired. It needs developing, and I think that the Glazers will know that it needs developing very quickly, particularly when there's pressure on us from Tottenham and Arsenal. You've only got to look at the other end of the road, haven't you? And how stated they are, they are now, how far in front they are, on and off the pitch. How much money they've ploughed into the training development across the road. And, you know, it's, it's shambles, really. You, you, want to, you, want to look at mot- you want to look at motives, and I think... The reason why there is so much scepticism towards the Saudi, apart from the, you know, the the, the, the whole human rights thing, but I think the reason why there's so much scepticism from United fans is because of what's happened at City. You know, they've come in and yeah, like say, you know, they've, they've built this training facility, they've spent billions on on the players and, and wages and transfer fees, but they've completely stripped City of their identity. They've made them. Um, 
part of the franchise. Well, City, City never, really never no, City yeah, don't really had an identity I, I though, didn't, didn't did they? Which, which They've given it, them an identity. Which made it easier. But you look at, at what City are, what they stand for, and you know, for me, no amount of trophies could justify United turning into one of them. So, so there's the whether it's the Souths or anyone else, it's like, well, what's your motive for buying them? Because if you're going to do that and you're going to then start opening up franchises elsewhere, then, then we don't, you know, we just don't want to become a franchise of the Souths. I Saudi don't see that group. from Godolphin, though. But, well, that's the thing. If they're coming over and, and like I said, they are investing a lot in sport. They've got, say, Joshua's fighting over there. They're doing a lot with the wrestling, aren't they? I think, is it, is it Formula One they want to take over there? The horse racing, so yeah, they, so they might well look at you know, they might well say, No, we want to bring our expertise and build. And we're, if, if we retained our identity in that, I think I think that's the concern. I think that we have got a tradition and an identity that we're very protective of. I think, uh, I think it's a lot different with United because we actually, we actually have got a history and an identity, so I don't think they'll. I don't think they've damaged, damaged that too much. The, like the, well, the brand, I mean, to put it in I mean, terms that we don't like using as football well, this is, fans, but this is fo- this is it now. is football it's now. And it is, we are a brand, aren't we? To be fair, FSG have done all right with Liverpool. Though. Like They seem to have, they took over the other two Americans. You had almost a classic case there of like one, one bad and one good, and they, they don't seem, you know, it's still called Anfield, and they've extended the stadium and that. They've got a certain way of doing it, but they don't seem to impact much on the history and as long as as long as United is still the United we know United have got we've, we've got the land haven't we we've got the land to build yeah, yeah. to build a ground next to Old Trafford still call it Old Trafford yeah. and have the most wonderful stadium the word, the word football club now how much did it disappear in every, with every single team Every yeah. single team used to have football club and a badge. I don't think there's one team that's got it now anymore. It's not, you're not, it's a business now. But it, but it has to have survived in the capitalist money market that it now worldwide is with it, with the MLS, with, like say, PSG, with Real Madrid, Barcelona. I know they're owned differently. But to compete in that environment of players, Neymar's wages, Neymar's or whatever... Had there not had to be some development. I don't think anyone in here likes it the way it's going. No. But you've got to keep up. You stand still. You're going to get left behind. And we've stood still. As well, a football club. You've got to make. You've got to make money. Aside, aside from the playing side, as well, you could probably go for the playing side of things as well. But as terms of a football club and a stadium, uh, we've, we've stood still, and we're getting. I think when the Glazers took over, the closest team to us in attendance was Newcastle. Now you've got Tottenham, City, Everton are getting a new ground. Liverpool are stuck a new stand on. We have got a vegan pie though, at Old Trafford. You can't say it's all bad. <laughs> that that vegan bolted little pie with the cauliflower pie is lovely, you know. That's but the only way we're in from it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we're leading it in the pie, in the one pie steak. You're right though. But in terms of then, we're going to build right. We're going to build a new stadium. Someone says right, okay, this is a stadium. We need to go forward. We've stagnated, and we definitely stagnated. Oh, yeah. Right. The Glazers haven't got the stomach for that. I don't think the Glazers have got the stomach to put that much money in. And as you say, whether we like it or not, they're clearly successful business people in some way. Yeah. Now, they're not going to let, or are they, it go to rot. This might actually be the time to say, we're not going to do this next step. Don't just need a next step. Fuck me, we can just take four billion quid. From a business side of things, 
it's impeccable. If you look at it from a purely business point of view, it's fucking well, wonderful. Yeah. I think did, even tyres are sponsored on police cars. They're not going to spend, though, are they? I mean, if, if, same for anyone. If you, if you were selling your house, you're not going to put a new bathroom in, are you? So, you know, it's one of them, oh, I'll have a new bathroom, but that means I'm going to stay for you. So they ain't going to do anything for us. And perhaps the, the fact that they're not looking at expanding our re renovating Old Trafford means that it is in the back of their mind to certainly set a date that maybe within the next two, three, four years they'll look at selling but there's so many of them isn't there so it's what is it five or six so you've got to get all five or six to sell if a couple of them want to stay I think you've got a monumental bid yeah, you know they'd have to look at it, wouldn't it? If someone goes in and whacks a four billion pound bidding, you've got, I, to, look, you've got to look at it, haven't you? I always, I always thought like Peter Lim. Yeah. I always thought like the the class of with Peter Lim's money would go in. I, I thought Salford, but yeah, I don't know his level yeah. of wealth. But yeah. I thought Salford was almost a bit of a dry run for them. There isn't many. There isn't many. United have to reach for probably ninety eight percent of yeah. companies in the world because it's just. The time that it was ever going to any, get any fan input would have been back in uh, back, back when we were a PLC. That, that's long gone now, unfortunately, to have any stake in it. So moving uh, anyway, moving away from that and back to the football today, we've um, got three good wins on the trot. Things are looking a lot brighter. Uh, we hope for a continuation today. Yeah, it's a massive one today, isn't it? Because I think we... Um, I've said from the start, like, I'm well on board with this, this thing that, that's happening with Ali. And, um, and then, but it gets harder and harder to defend it when you go from, like, scoring four at Chelsea on the first day and then you nearly get into November and, and still only getting one goal a game. But I think the last couple of games... He's shown like where he wants to be. I think we've lost seven players who represented everything. People forget what a year ago he said they were walking around the pitch. We had players like Sanchez coming in and doing nothing. I think it's great news Pogba's injured at the moment, and it'll be good news if he stays out till April to me, long enough to sell him. And I think we've got players who are at least committed to the cars. I mean, Fred. He can't control the ball at times and stuff like that, but he's running about. I think Matt Tomini, with Pogba out of the team, he's looking an absolute inspiration, as in potentially it's a run of farm, so it's always difficult to judge, but he looks like a captain at the moment, and I think this is a lot more likeable team than it was a year ago, or even six months ago, and I think Holly, it's the early stages, he's not even been there a year yet, and the work he's done so far is great. The results haven't been there and it gets harder and harder when they're not, but now the results are coming along. With the speed we moved the ball at Chelsea and at Norwich as well, I think uh, everything's going in the right direction. So, you know, the same again today, another win. All that stuff about, well, we haven't won away all year. Well, four in, what, nine or ten days. You start to get the results with the performance. It all looks a lot different. Well, this was supposed to be the the relegation six-pointer, but actually today it's our title push. I couldn't believe it. We went into, what, seventh, was it? (laughs) I know, from 14 to seventh. All right, so score predictions then for today, please. Uh, Start with you then, Matty. Yeah, I'll go 2-1. I've seen enough hammers for a bit of optimism. It's, it'll be tough. It'll be a good game, I think, because they always start well. But, yeah, I'll go 2-1, United. All right, would it? Uh, they haven't scored a goal in the whole of October in the Premier League, so I'm going to go for 2-0. To, to yeah, them? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to go for 2-0. Great, Vinny. 1-0, United. 
Jay. 3-1 United. Yeah, I'll do a double prediction of 2-0 United and uh, Crowler in the sixth round. Yeah, that's a nice one. how much that will be. All right, so very, very confident we're going to win. I did notice, I think it was at, um, was it at Norwich... The bookies offered uh, United three 0 win with Rashford scoring at seven to one or something. <laughs> yeah, they don't, you don't get good odds do you, inside the ground. No. But certainly it was probably nearer to that this week than it was last week. Right, thanks, lads. Well, we'll see what happens after the game. Right. Well, we're just leaving the Vitality Stadium in Bournemouth after um, what can only be described as a disappointing afternoon. Talk to us. And um, what we've been shouted abuse at by a Bournemouth fan. Anyway, um, I every right to gloat over that performance. Manchester United, after three good away wins, have come down here and performed probably shockingly uh, badly at best, but uh, incompetently and uh, without desire, really, for most of the game. We weren't up for that game in, a, in any way, shape or form. I think there's um, a lot wrong here. Uh, today, attitude being one of it. First 15 minutes, United did okay. We're on top, dragged down to their level, and then for the rest of the game, we're just shocking. Last 10 minutes, tried to put in a bit of a uh, a bit of a shift, but for the most of it, no one was interested. It's very windy. It's if you might be able to hear it. It's it's huge. It's wet. It's cold. It's rained constantly. It's been a miserable day, a long journey, but the thing is, you know, he didn't want to be out there today, and uh, and that's very sad. Luca Black, what are we short of? Uh, we're short of a centre forward. We need someone better than Martial. He doesn't score goals. He doesn't look like he wants to run for the ball all the time. Is there a danger then that we are we missing Lukaku? Maybe. I mean. He had a poor touch and he, he wasn't the best player. Not many people liked him, but at the end of the day, we need someone that will score goals for us. And he did get a few. He, he, he did. Um, although, like I say, he had a very poor touch. Luke was saying that we needed a centre-forward. Was there anything else? What else was missing? And do you agree there? He's a manager. Carry on. <laughs> uh, well, I think the art's a bit of art today, though. Players 50-50 completely shit out of the tackle. I think Lingard did one. Williams did one. Martial they were both substitutes, one. and actually we were better when those substitutes came on. What the rest of the apathy for the rest of the game? I just thought they were poor. I thought the only player who played well, and it mixed reviews, but I thought Fred had a great game. Other than him, I don't think anyone really had anything. I don't know how much somebody said on the pitch. He must have given the ball away 25 times, 30 times in the game. I mean, the thing was, I, th- I think what I can see what you're saying with Fred because actually Fred wanted the ball, tried everything he can, lacks that, he lacks that quality, he lacks that world-class quality, he lacks that you know, top quality, doesn't he? His passing can be a bit wayward, but he's, at least he always, he's always there. He's always actually in the middle of the pitch ready to get the ball. He wins it back a lot, miles more than any other player we have. I don't mind Fred, to be fair. But actually, they just lack that. <coughs> they, they don't have to create chances, do they? Other than Greenwood's chance at the end. Did he really have one way he should have scored that? There's a couple of saves from the keeper we never followed up on. Bit of chances though, are they? No, no, they're not, you're right. They're, they're, they're hitting over some 30 yards. I mean, it's, 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 is it too cliche to say that they just, you know, they just didn't fancy it in this weather? I said that to Matty before, as I said. You could have guessed what, was, what the score was going to be once you turned up and saw it was raining. Steve, <laughs> rule 37 rule here. 
I don't think anyone expected, expected us to win once when we got here. No, I think, uh, you know, I, I think you're right. But I think after the first 10, 15 minutes, we weren't in, even in it. I mean, they weren't very... They're not a good side. No. They're not scored for a whole month, last month. They're always going to score against us today. But he, but he, but he, but he did... What Howe did there was um, he let our back four off the ball and try and play... And it worked, didn't it? Because there's no quality in terms of distribution, is there? No, I just... I don't think that... I don't think that was quality side for that two years ago. But clearly, you know, actually, was meeting them. But, like Matty said again before, we're not a very good side, so if you go to waste, go away at Norwich and win, and you win three away games, the likelihood is, at some point, you're going to turn up to a scene that's probably not that much worse than you, and you're going to get beat. Yeah. Right, cheers. I'm an Are we up and running today? Hey. Are we up and running? We're up and running. Well, yeah. well where, where do you start? We, um, you know, parling, wasn't it? I'd say second half, not wanting for effort, but we're just not good enough. I'd certainly start starting Brandon Williams. I banned Fred from shooting. Um, but I think it's, it's I think Woody said two steps forward one step back and I think that's probably where we're at we're going in the right direction but we need a centre forward don't we what were we just talking about that yeah um, obviously it was grim but I mean we're looking out I mean we're not really moving in traffic as we're leaving I don't know you know what kind of weather out there Um you're right when you said it was grim off the pitch as well as on the pitch. One of those a poor, poor away in that for us yeah, one today. Oh yeah, rare poor away. Rarely see it that bad, but I was going to give me some of the tickets too. But but um, it, it was a, it was an awful day to play football. To be fair, I mean you could see the rain, the wind, everything. It was a nightmare day to play football. But yeah, ultimately, like, the passing wasn't good enough. Um, as I say, Fred just can't shoot, can he? He shouldn't be allowed to shoot. I thought Rashford was brilliant in the second half, but and we, I don't think we fought for effort a year ago. I accused so many of our players, Sanchez, Pogba, all of them, for lacking effort. I don't think that's the case at all. I think we kept trying today, but the, the quality's not there. City probably would have scored three or four today. It's just. Do you think I didn't think some of the players wanted to be there? Though I, I just I think I think it was a game too far. And the problem is like. You know, there's a lot of average plays in there, and there's no, you know, Fred has had a couple of good games, but if he plays well a couple of times, he's going to have a bad game. Same with Martial. Um, it's just, the problem is, it just exposed the squad for me today. I mean, you look at the front three, you've only got one out and out striker in Martial in the squad, you've only got two wingers in James and Rashford, so they have to play every game. You've only got two central midfielders who are fit, so it's just, you know, when you, you play, what, four games in nine days all the way from home, all huge travelling, and you don't really rotate your attacking players because you've not got the ability to rotate because you don't have the squad eventually you're going to get caught and it's I think we said it didn't I said just before their goal I'd take a draw because you could see how it was going you could see where we had a goal and there's so many players who fell in goal and never score like Pereira Lingard never score never assist so you know if Rashford doesn't score or Dan James doesn't score there's very little coming elsewhere this thing I thought per- I thought Pereira said that I think Pereira's one of the worst players that I've ever seen play for the club he's just every pass 
part of his game, whether it's his passing, his crossing, his, his dead balls, his shooting, he's just so, so lacking in quality. But it's, you know, there's no one to play there because Lingard is rubbish. And that, that was, that's the one thing I'd be critical with Oli. I, I find when you watch 25 minutes to go, you need to make a sub to score a goal. You bring on a player that, that hasn't scored in a year, that never scores. What, what's, what's the point? And it took them the option of going 4 4 2 away. We're bringing uh, Greenwood on, and I felt he left him and Brandon Williams too late as well. But I think we're going to have we're going to have plenty of these results. Let's try and get a couple of wins before Christmas to stay away and see if we can get some numbers in in January. But this is going to be this. You know, we spoke about it. Ollie's got great intentions and I think a good plan. But there's going to be so much short-term pain and just another day today. Isn't it? The biggest thing is we need a big daft centre forward. Maybe not not just to score goals to change the way we play because last ten minutes they knew exactly what was going to do get it wide get it over there's nobody there so we need a big daft centre forward no one like we've got no one who likes to really play on the shoulder who get behind they ended up pushing up relatively comfortable knowing that the only way we wanted to score was trying the little one twos in and around the box when we had Fellaini I know a lot of people didn't like Fellaini but the last 15-20 minutes he could come on and change the way we played and, and nine times out of ten it worked for us I think that, that's the thing like it's having an option to change and we haven't got that so, so we've not I mean we've got as that man Dukic I suppose will give us that sort of thing a physical presence you know, we'll be well there but we, we definitely need a stronger a strong centre forward we need a big daft one that's going to put his head in where it hurts we also need we, we, we just, just say now we would we need a, a, because we've got nobody who can pick a pass out so everyone goes on about the centre forward which obviously we do but there's nothing there's no creativity coming from midfield there's no whether it's Mata, Lingard, Pereira whoever plays in that position because we could have easily and that's the difference between us and, and the, the better side we could have easily been tuning up after 10-15 minutes today we've got we've put a couple of balls in Pereira should have scored Fred should and we didn't even hit the target with either and it's just that where on the rare occasion we did at Norwich take the chances early it's, it's again a game that could have been over after 10-15 minutes end up being, being a slog and, and another defeat but ultimately we are we're an inconsistent team so if a couple of wins come along it probably will be a defeat or a draw later on you know I still maintain we're better we're better miles better than we were a year ago and it, I did I honestly thought the effort was there today it wasn't easy you could tell you see the ball flying about everywhere and we're struggling to control it but ultimately yeah we're probably for an inconsistent team it will just mean periods of winning and, and then followed by a defeat frustratingly like you know not long after it that squad though with the numbers that are in that squad if, if we get through to the Europa League and we're probably going to make the semi-final of the League Cup that, that's going to be facing relegation with, with that fixture list and, and, and the, the amount the numbers in the squad that's going to be battling relegation that is the short you can see the second half of the season been really, really difficult. So they've, they've got her act in January, but 
You should hide your cat, trust them too, can you? So, we need the Saudis to take over us. Decided we're not bothered about them. So, the value base has now gone out of the window. We can take a leave, those human rights in a moment, can't we? When United play badly, it doesn't mean to say what we're going to do next. If you so, we're not going to attract many top quality players in January, are we? Because the best in the world playing Champions League, and the best in the world is probably not wanting to come to an average Manchester United side. So, do you go short term and cover, you know, and paper over the cracks? And if you're doing that, who would you buy who would be available to play that centre round? Because we let Lukaku go. We just spoke about him a little bit earlier. Yeah, but like I said, we need a centre half that's going to put uh, centre forward that's going to put his head in there. Lukaku wouldn't. Let's have it right. To, to, to get the money back that we did for Lukaku was the right thing to do because he was fucking, he was awful. Absolutely, yeah. I, I don't, I don't regret the Lukaku thing. I think he was a hundred percent right, and I still think that now. I think yeah, there's, there's probably going to be some short-term signings like a, possibly that Mandzukic from Juve who might give us a couple of years, give us a different option. And people like a, like a Dan James. We got possibly yeah, depending on his fitness. Because he looks. God, I don't even remember. Absolutely. You know, he'd bring the kids on and. Immense one here. Yeah, no, that's, that's a rumour. <laughs> we don't want to start. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Perfectly good call. We need somebody. We need a talisman. Do you not think today. We've lauded, rightly so, Scott McTominay of late. Yeah. He didn't show it. He didn't show up today. No, yeah, he didn't affect anything about the play. Because a lot of players, some players tried out there. No one tried harder than Fred or Fridge or whatever one pronounce his name. But McTominay just couldn't affect anything today. You need sometimes some kind of player and who has got some quality, but who can affect and do something different. We haven't got that. In looking on that team today, we maybe also bought Maguire to do that role. Are we disappointed? Yeah, which, you know, we spoke about Maguire, you know, yeah, a little bit underwhelmed. I thought he started very well, but a little bit underwhelmed with how he's been in the last, um, yeah, last four to six weeks, and he's he's not quite the dominant. I think he'll get there. I think he's not entirely comfortable with Lindelof, who I'm not a huge fan of, but, yeah, I don't think he's had a bad start, but a little bit underwhelmed with, like, bringing the ball. You're not really seeing him bring the ball out the back, are you? He's not dominant. In the air, in their area. With Linderoff being there, because I'm not, I'm not being funny. There's always a mistake in Linderoff. Always, you can see it when he gets the ball. Even at his feet, he's, he doesn't know what to do with it. I don't think. I think Maguire's got to cover him. But, but then again, I think, yeah, I think Maguire's brought a bit of stability at the back to us, which I don't think last season we had. Yeah, I don't think he's had a bad. I don't think he's had a bad start. He's done all right. He's just last few games he's not been at his best. But that that'll come. I I agree. I've not got real much. The midfield and the forward yeah. lines for me is a huge, huge concern. We're looking for a captain now on the pitch, aren't we? Maguire, you'd want to be step up and be your captain. Yeah. Um, I'm not seeing that from him yet, and I'm certainly not seeing a, a return in terms of who's putting the head in there 
in the last five minutes to score that, you know, to score uh, an equaliser. Well, that was one thing we did notice, like, on that, that where you said about Lingard not being... When the ball goes out, like, what, like, on, it goes out wide. You should be flooding the box. And there's generally, like, one person there, and you look back and, and people are stood about, and there's just not that, that like, urge to, uh, you know, throw everything forward and... and it looked predictable. Come out to Ashley Young and a goal is such hard work. That's the other thing. We seem to have to battle and battle and battle to get one goal, you know. And the better teams, hey, to say, but of course Liverpool and City is generally referring to, they score effortlessly. Like, even Tottenham, they're struggling this year, Tottenham, but they got Son and Kane who can just score effortlessly. Well, that's going back to Maguire, you know, not putting his head in, scoring off a corner or it's easier to mark because he's the only one that's got the height and the power on the headers. It's going back to exactly what I was saying about a big daft centre forward. Instead of having just Maguire in the box, you'd have somebody else to mark who can make moves, who can draw defenders away. And that's what we've not got at the moment. As much as Martial, Martial and Rashford, you know, put the ball in front of them and, you know, ball on the floor, they can score your goals. We've got nobody in the air. But nobody that's good good enough in the air apart from Maguire and he's easy to mark you put two two big centre halves on him he's out he's out of, out of it for corners what happened I mean we all we all saw their goal but I'm not sure any of us can actually explain or describe what happened one minute there's, there's a miss something's missed ball's bouncing he clips it over someone's head and he's back up. I mean, how are we allowing that to happen somewhere between, you know, outside the six-yard box? It's unbelievable how it... The ball's kind of come back and then we've allowed it to bounce in the area and then, like you're saying, to flick it over his head. I mean, it's a great goal, but it, 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 looked, it looked, looked really poor defending. But, again, like you say, it's... it's Ultimately, we have only conceded one goal today, but we're still not able, if we have conceded a stupid goal on our side, to turn it around and, and, and say, right, we have had a bit of a fuck-up, but forward line will get you out of it and, and score. Even Norwich last week, like, we created, what, he, he, six or seven easy chances on top of the two penalties we missed and yet still missed an unbelievable amount. So it's... I think it still goes back to the fact that if you need... You know, we've made three signings. And, and that is... Bar said it, but you, you talk about Lukaku. I don't know anybody who thinks, oh, I wish we'd have kept Lukaku. We probably would be higher up the table and, and have a few more goals if we'd have kept him. But for the longer term, it's the right decision to get rid of him. It was the same with Sanchez. We could have kept him for the sake of it. You know, Ali might have thought, do you know what? I might as well, I'd rather have him than not have him. But the, the longer-term thing, it was the right thing to get rid of him. But as long as you then go and have a, a transfer window as good as this one's been, um, although Bissaka sort of seems to be averaging out a little bit, but in general, like, the three signings, Dan James have been very good. Surprised to take him off today, surely, unless he had a little bit of a knock, because he's, he's the only player who looks like he's got a spark inside him and something different, isn't he, at the moment? Yeah, that's, 
he kind of put himself in that situation with the bizarre Lingard sub because of, you know you're going to throw Greenwood on and what he could have done he's kept James who, if he was the one like say he was the only one really that was looking like he was going to get down the line and put something in and he could have put Greenwood and gone 4-4-2 once he'd done that and brought Lingard on he kind of lost that opportunity so I didn't yeah I thought he made a mistake with the first one which then meant that we, he kind of then made another one by bringing James off but yeah he, he, you know whether it would have made a difference I don't know but at the end of the day we went into this season three with the plays with the squad we had the plays he left on three was nowhere near enough we went in four or five players like and we're getting the, we're getting what we deserve from that in terms of yeah three or four players like you mentioned um, Sanchez right we know Pereira couldn't play on the wing and we also know that Pereira isn't looking like um, what they call a number 10 now or inside yeah. forward um, surely Sanchez if you know fit surely Sanchez would have fitted there and if not is Mata not a better option than Pereira and Lingard or do you think Ollie's just going no I don't want older players in there I think there's an element with, with Mata <laughs> Vinny's just hit his head again on those TVs <laughs> yeah. That must be eight times he's all the way through the rugby. <laughs> How's he managing it every time? That, the TV's gone further and further back, have you noticed? Know <laughs> fucking challenge away. <laughs> um, well, I, I think with Sanchez, he was poisoning in the dressing room. I think that whole signing was a disaster from the money he was on to the attitude he brought. And there was a couple of things I heard or I read in the in United We Stand that you know, he was just a problem. So I think overall... You know, whether he could have played there or not. You might well have a point about Matter, but game seems to pass Matter by now as well. Yeah, I think Matter. And he's about 47 as well, isn't he? Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. I, I think Sanchez is. Nice bloke. Sanchez is yeah. one of them where I think it's why Oli does deserve time because he could have he could have really made a sort of almost selfish decision and said, no, I, I'm not going to get a replacement, so I do want to keep Sanchez because I might be able to use him, but he knew that he needed to go he knew that United need to move on to Sanchez so he made that decision of saying right like, get rid of him and, and we'll take that short term pay for the long term good and that's why I think we need to be patient with him because he's made them decisions that Mourinho wouldn't have done that are for the long term good of the club and he's the first time manager we've had since Fergie that's made them long term decisions and by getting Sanchez out and all that back next year but I think that was one of them the other thing is as well like you know everybody screams the one young players in the team but then but if it goes inconsistent or if it goes so for example everybody wants rid of Ashley Young how we've got a 34 year old left back then if we sign a left back 28 year old left back for 60 million does he not then get in in the way of Brandon Williams which is the very youth player that everybody's screaming out for in the first place now I think the way Brandon Williams being an example he's looking great he might be the next left back so I think it's brave management not to go out can you imagine what size Luke Shaw is at the moment? Oh, be huge. Hey? Be huge. You look like Vinny. Vinny will look like Twiggy compared to him. Oh, no, he's got Luke. <laughs> <laughs> we have certainly got options in the youth to bring forward and to make sure that we see enough of them to know whether or not they are going to be able to compete in the Premier. Williams. 
Yeah. Win Williams certainly at the moment looks yeah. like he's got a chance. That ball down today. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's it, isn't it? The match going fan at the moment in terms of our away in today, call, you know, players walked over. There wasn't you know much of um, support for him, but Ollie came over and it was all up shouting for for Ollie. Yeah. yeah. There's a naivety around Ollie that we're forgiving because he's got to learn. But there was also the fact that Eddie Howe outthought us from the first 20 minutes onwards, didn't he? In the way he let that back four play the ball, he let certain players have the ball, and it was almost like obvious to us watching how come our coaching staff haven't seen what exactly they were doing. Apart from the last 10 minutes when we had all the ball and we actually looked like creating chances, even though they weren't clear-cut, they let us play the play with the ball, knowing that we couldn't create anything. If we can see that, why couldn't our coaching staff see it and, if, and effect that earlier? What, what happened there? Have we got the players too effective? Yeah, no, I think that's just purely down to the quality of the squad, because there is no, like... You know, there's no big clamour that Lingard should be starting every game or we should be playing this way, certain play. You know, a bit like Arsenal at the minute have got this where all their fans want Ozil in and, and playing it in that position. We don't really have that. I think there's there's no one I see out of the team that you think, yeah, he'll come in and make a difference or we should be playing him there and that'll make a difference. I just don't think we've got very good plays in the squad. I bring on Greenwood earlier in matches. I think if you're going to give him, you know, he scored a few goals already. And I think, you, like you say, we need goals. I think we've, we've got to start bringing him on earlier. And um, and I think he would he'd pick up goals. It's certainly easier than Lingard would. But yeah, I don't. All he doesn't do a lot different than I do. I just I think he's got to work with what he's got to work with. And, you know, it looks like we're getting there and then it's one step back, but we are an inconsistent team at the moment. And next, next, overall, I think we've had a decent. I think we all come out, was it Newcastle? Yeah. And we were coming out of the ground and I, I said to Niels, oh, you know, we've got Liverpool next week and then we've got four away games on the bounce. And there it looked, we thought we were going to be in the relegation. So we, we, you know, we were lucky not to beat Liverpool, putting a good performance. And I said, Ollie, like what we're saying about there has times when he's looked a little flat tactically, I thought he had a good game there. And then we've won three games on the bounce. So, yeah, it's... He's a bit of a step back today, but overall, past three weeks, I think we've got to put us a bit of a positive. I think we can, you know, we might as well finish this on a positive then. We've got a game on Thursday, yeah? Is it partisan? It is partisan. Yeah, partisan. We should win that, no matter what side we put out, given given what they were, which qualifies us. Um, not to say for granted, but we've got Colchester. Yeah. Um, won't be an easy game, Sheffield United away. Um, what else have we got? Brighton, we've got Brighton before the international break. Next Sunday at Old Trafford. Yeah, we've got Brighton next Sunday. We've got City coming up at Old Trafford as well, haven't we? Ish, three, four weeks away. It's away first, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But, um, so going into going into December, Watford away, Christmas, and we're looking forward to that. You know, we're not going to be in as bad a position, perhaps, as we thought we were we were going to be. And of course, um, uh, we call the club a lot and stuff. But uh, what what they've done for us all with Astana, 
and putting on a free play, you know, deserves the fact that actually they are starting to appreciate this. Perhaps we've got the singing section, you know, quite singing section, atmosphere section, whatever, but allowing a group of lads and you know to all start standing together, but but getting together and you know being able to be at the match together three pound pints and stuff like that it's yeah. all just about listening isn't it's, it start, you're starting to feel that actually we are we are getting a little bit of the plug back in terms of us and the you know support, appreciating a bit of the support that I've had and hopefully you know that, that will continue because that's been really important hasn't it oh it's a hell of a spin off Belgrade at home you'd be like oh, yeah, you know it's going to be a nutritional night at Old Trafford on the pitch it probably will be but like you say, he's building a culture now um, with, his, with his section in the Stratford end that, that I thought was, was long gone. And, and, you know, where you see in 30, 40, 50, you make lads that generally you only ever seen away from home. And now you've seen them every week at Old Trafford. So it does put a much better spin on probably what we should have been feeling at home. TRA have worked tirelessly for that. We've got to thank them for that. Because what we've said for years, they've devoted the last couple of years of their lives to, to getting and the club have listened put it on and as you say I'm actually looking forward to Thursday because we'll, have a, we'll all be together yeah. Yeah. you know 50 to 100 or whatever and we don't know how many we'll, we've got just of our lot there's 50 there's 50 of our lot isn't there and then, then two, and whatever, two and a half thousand of a section they're enjoying just being together and creating an atmosphere and the club listing then and putting in a flight on a free flight on to Astana you know it, in terms of that and the culture that Ollie's creating on the pitch of those youth and playing together you know we just probably need we probably just need the Saudis to go back to it. Buy us a spine of a team. <laughs> yeah. Or anybody. Or any multi-billionaire. Anyway, it's nice to end this on a positive. So we're head home now from Bournemouth, knowing that we've disappointed and so uh, four long away games. But you know what? It's um, If only we could drink on a coach, we could salute. <laughs> salute you know, but obviously, of course, all coaches to, to football and non-drinking. Uh, right, well, thanks for that. And we um, have got the boxing to get back to. And we've got the boxing to get back to tonight. So quick mention to uh, Ann Crawler. And everything he's done, you know, with a for, for Manchester for boxing in Manchester, raised profile for a lot of young lads who will now come through here, who he will have a lot of time. And I imagine he's staying in boxing. He will, you know, in some way, he'll promote Manchester boxing. Um, it's been fantastic, hasn't it, following him? Yeah, he's brilliant. He's great, lad, and he's. Um... Yeah, he's won his two world titles and everything, and um, I mean, as you know, everybody off here has like, been to his fights and that, so it's a shame it's the last night, but you can't blame him. He's done everything he's dreamed of, had a proper United fan as well. Like. Yeah, he's, um, it's, been, you know, it's been a pleasure watching his career, hasn't it, considering where he's been, and to show that fight that he did to get back and to become world champion So uh, after what happened to him. So um, best wishes to him. Um, in the future for everything he does and we look forward to seeing him on here again sometime soon alright that's over and out from United we stand